Because faith comes through hearing the message of Christ, this sermon has been uploaded for you by Grace Unlimited, a ministry that functions out of Living Hope Church, Pretoria, South Africa. We want Jesus Christ to have first place in everything in our church. And we want to help you know and follow Jesus in all of life and to help others do the same. Find out more or download many more free sermons at graceunlimited.co.za or livinghopechurch.co.za. today and last week we looked at the fruit of goodness but today we are going to slow down a little bit and think about faithfulness faithfulness in proverbs 20 verse 6 the author makes an insightful statement and then he gives the following question many a man proclaims his own steadfast love but a faithful man who can find but a faithful man who can find. He is saying that it's easy for people to make life all about themselves and talk about themselves, but where are the people who will be faithful to proclaim the steadfast love and goodness of God? We are working through this list of the fruit of the Spirit because we are studying the book of Galatians. And... Paul is making this contrast between what it looks like for someone to walk in their sinful flesh versus someone that is walking in the Spirit. Because the born-again Christian is someone that is no longer a slave to their own sinful self, but someone that is indwelt and empowered by the Spirit of God and is in the process of growing and changing. The Christian life is one we are growing in love. Love toward God and love toward other people. You are growing in joy. Being able to find joy in the hardest of times because you know that God finds joy in you because of what Christ has done for you. Growing and understanding that the peace that you have with God because of being at war with Him due to the seriousness of sin. But now having peace with Almighty God because of Christ which means we are growing in being peacemakers because of the spirit of peace that's at work in us. Growing in patience. Recognizing how patient God is with you every day, which in turn helps us to be patient with other people. Growing in kindness. Looking for practical ways you can be kind to other people even when they don't deserve it. And as we saw last week, growing in goodness, recognizing that God is good and He does good. He is always good because He shows us what biblical goodness is. By laying down His life for us. And as a result, we respond to the evil of this world by seeking to do good to others. To overcome evil with radical, intentional, faith-building acts of goodness. And the thing with the fruit of the Spirit is all of these fruits will be growing in the Christian's life. You cannot say, for example, you know what? 
I just can't be patient with other people. It's too hard. The other are okay. Love, yes, okay, love. Peace, yeah, I'm at peace with everyone. Joy, yes, I'm a fairly happy person, but patience, I don't know about that one. You see, when we have God's Spirit at work in our lives, we have all of Him at work in our lives, not just certain aspects of Him. So the Christian is someone that is growing in all of these areas. And one of the reasons we can be so confident that we can grow in all of these areas is because we serve a faithful God. A God that is committed to you becoming more like Jesus, that we can have all the confidence that He will bring to completion what He had started in us. And today we're going to look at the fruit of faithfulness. And in the context of Galatians, we see Paul is being faithful to the gospel of grace rather than just entertaining this so-called other gospel, this this works-based gospel that is sending people to hell. And Paul mentions faithfulness in this list here of the fruit of the Spirit because he himself is convinced of God's faithfulness toward us in Christ, which compels him to be faithful, to obey God's calling on his life, and to proclaim the truth of God's faithfulness. He knows that the Galatians will be faithful to the message he proclaims when they are faithful to Jesus. Now the word here for faithfulness is the same word for faith. Pistis. And often with Paul, this word refers to faith as in saving faith. But in a list like this, the context suggests that it means being faithful because of having faith in Christ. Or maybe think about it from another angle, as one man says, if you are not sure, you cannot be secure. In other words, if you don't have true saving faith in Jesus, then you will always have the sense of being unsure and insecure about your relationship with Him. But because of God's faithfulness toward us and who He is, we find our confidence not in our own works or in how much fruit we have, but we find it in who God is, the faithful one who is at work in us. Now, one of the ways to think about faithfulness is to think of all the words that are similar. Because when you think faithfulness, you can think committed, loyal, reliable and dependable, honest, trustworthy and steadfast. Which means someone that is led by the Spirit will be someone that is loyal and dependable and you can count on them to fulfill their responsibilities. Because as we think about all these words and ideas when it comes to faithfulness, we see in the Bible that they all describe the faithfulness of God. Because when we think about God's faithfulness, we see that God is perfectly loyal and consistent in whom He is and what He does. Numbers 23.19 God puts these words into Balaam's mouth so that he can declare that God is committed to blessing His people. And Balaam says to Balak, God is not man that he should lie, 
or a son of man that he should change his mind? Has he said and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? God is reminding the people of who he is because he is so very different from us. He always does what he says he will do. That is why later in Deuteronomy 7 we see how Israel is reminded again that God had a plan to choose for himself a people that would be his treasured possession. And not because they were so faithful to him, but because he is faithful to himself. Deuteronomy 7 verses 8 to 9. But let me start reading verse 6. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Talking to Israel. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all the peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers. That the Lord has brought you out of out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And then verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. See, the choosing of Israel to be His holy nation that would represent God was rooted in the fact that God is faithful and faithful to the promises He had made before. Not because there was any faithfulness or goodness found in these people. And so you see that a lot of what the Bible does then is calling us to look back at God's faithfulness so that we can have the certainty and assurance that God will do what He said He will do. The psalmist says in Psalm 145, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all His words, and kind in all His works. And in the context of referring to God's faithfulness here, he says in verse 14, The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. But the thing is, we, we need help to believe all of this. And that is why the gospel makes us convinced that God is faithful and able to do what He had promised He will do. I mean, talking to the church in Rome about this, Paul brings in Abraham as the example. In the context of talking about saving faith, he says in Romans 4 verse 20, No unbelief made him, Abraham, waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And we too can grow in our faith. We too can grow in our faith and our faithfulness when we rest our entire weight and trust on God's faithfulness. I mean, think about it like this. If you got a promise from someone that is known to be a bit of a, a shady, unreliable kind of guy, 
How serious would you take them at their word? Not very serious, right? But what about someone that you know is totally trustworthy, loyal and dependable because they have always been like that? They have a track record that is well known for being reliable. Will you take their promises more seriously? That is what faith does. It is putting your whole weight on God, trusting Him that He will uphold you because He is always faithful. Because can you imagine, just for one second, what it would be like for us if God was not always faithful? For one, what hope would we have right now that Jesus would come back to fix everything? What hope is there for marriages that are struggling? People who have covenanted together. What hope can we have for our children and that they will be with us in heaven forever? See, the fact that God is faithful to Himself gives us all the confidence that He will come back, that He will help people who are struggling in their marriages and that He can save our children. I mean, that is why the author of Hebrews also brings in Abraham. To show that because God is faithful to Himself, we have so much hope that is all bound up in the faithfulness of God. Reading Hebrews 6.13 For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by who? By himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is a final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of His purpose, He guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we would have fled for refuge, might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that was set before us. Because the reality is, even when we are not loving, God is still loving. When we are not kind, God is still kind. When we are not good, God is still good. When we are not faithful, God is still faithful because He cannot not be faithful. And this has been a large part of what Paul has been arguing in Galatians. Back in chapter 4, he argues that because of the promise he made to who? Abraham. That God has made a way for Gentiles like you and me to be part of his family. This worldwide blessing. And having confidence in the gospel and God's faithfulness enables us to be faithful in all of the areas of our lives. Which then brings us to the question for today. What does a faithful Christian look like? What does a faithful Christian look like? Today I want to talk with you about four marks of a faithful Christian who is growing in the fruit of faithfulness. Four marks of what a faithful Christian looks like. Someone that is resting his full weight on the faithfulness of God. And here's number one. 
A faithful Christian is someone who is more interested in being dependable than successful. Someone who is more interested in being dependable than successful. In other words, God is more interested in you being faithful than you being successful. Because here's what the examples in Scripture show us. Think of Moses once again. Moses was a man that did his ministry well, but he could not decide for the people of Israel if they will trust God and what He had promised them. He did everything God told him to do, yet it was still the people's decision if they will listen and obey. And we see that one generation turned away from God. And the next generation turned toward God. In other words, it was not because of Moses' unfaithfulness that the one generation turned away from God. And it wasn't his skill or success that the next generation turned back to God. You see, Moses was called by God to be faithful and to do what God wanted him to do. He was not called to be successful. And that is why the New Testament writers refer back to Moses and they focus on his faithfulness and not on what he had accomplished. Hebrews 3 verse 2 says, Just as Moses also was faithful in God's house. Because when there is faithfulness, then we... The things we don't get to the way we expected or there's some sort of failure, it doesn't mean that we should start blaming one another or feel a sense of guilt ourselves that what we were doing was not successful because God is pleased with faithfulness. He wants people that are dependable. That will do what He wants them to do. Which means if you know you did what God wanted you to do to the best of your God-given ability, then that is success. If you faithfully prepared for a Bible study and one person shows up, that is not a failure. Think in terms of the larger church context. These big churches with all these lights and cameras and people. It's easy to think that those churches, that these guys are really successful. But what about the small church? Should every small church think of themselves as a failure then? God wants people that are dependable and faithful to proclaim the truth of Jesus instead of a message that suits people's itching ears because to Him that is success. We are to be faithful in the church to use our our gifts and abilities and opportunities God gives us and we can trust Him for the results. I mean, the same is true when we think about the orphan ministry. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all the, the need that is around us and all these abandoned children. How do we cope with all of that? Well, we realize that God has called us to be faithful and not successful. And we seek to help one child at a time, faithfully caring for them as best we can, and then trusting God with the details of their lives. Trusting God that we can only do what He enables us to do. I mean, Paul kind of makes this point from a different angle to the Corinthians. He says in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 5, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, 
Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. And he's basically saying that the faithful servant is someone that is sowing the seeds of who God is, but God is the one who will give the growth. Someone that is dependable, that will do what God has called them to do, and then trust God for the results. Which means as we think about stuff like evangelism and reaching other people for Christ, success is not in how many flyers we hand out in one day. Success is not talking to a hundred people in one day, but rather success is being dependable and faithful, and that even if you have only the opportunity to talk to one person, one person, but you get to show them Jesus Christ, that is faithfulness. That is what is successful to God. See, from the world's perspective, many Christians faithfully serve God in the field and wherever they are, but the results don't always look as fruitful. But that doesn't mean they're not faithful. In Daniel 6 verse 4, we see how Daniel was faithful to his specific responsibilities. The authorities were looking to find a reason to to complain against him. But the Bible says, but because he was faithful, no error or fault was found in him. You see, all Christians have the responsibilities to be faithful in reading their Bibles, to serve others, to, to gather for corporate worship, to pray and give towards the ministry of the gospel. But God also calls us to be obedient and faithful to the specific responsibilities He has given us. For example, a husband needs to be faithful to the responsibilities to lead and care for his family before he is faithful in helping everyone else. A wife needs to be faithful to her husband and children before she tries to be faithful to her career. An elder needs to be faithful to the responsibility of feeding God's people with truth, protecting them and caring for them spiritually, instead of just getting the building full of more people. A CEO or boss of a company needs to be faithful to pay his employees before he seeks to spend money on other things. A student needs to be faithful to study. Instead of just being someone that is social and builds friendships, even though that is good for them as well. Children need to be faithful in obeying their parents. Because God says this is for their good. And all of us have been called by God, if you're a believer in Jesus, to make Him known through being faithful in these specific areas of our lives. Because faithfulness in our specific responsibilities is part of our witness. Which brings us to our second mark of a faithful Christian. First, it's someone that seeks to be dependable rather than successful. But secondly, it is someone who understands that everything doesn't always go according to our plan. Someone who understands that everything doesn't always go according to our plan. Because the problem is, if we have the wrong expectations about life, then we get disappointed. 
And if we're not careful, then our expectations can become the desires of our hearts. And when they are not met, we get disappointed. And because we get disappointed, we even get depressed. Which leads to what? More unfaithfulness. Because you end up being so focused on yourself and your circumstances that you are not being faithful to do what God wants you to do. If you read the book of Kings... You see, there's this contrast. In 1 Kings 17 and 18, you see how the prophet Elijah is courageous and faithful to do what God had called him to do. Even when there's all this danger and the odds are against him, he faces up to the the prophets of Baal and he gains victory. You see, because he was faithful to do what God called him to do, he also experienced the supernatural strength from God to do these extraordinary things to show that God is an extraordinary God. But then you keep reading in chapter 19 and you see this great change. King Ahab tells Jezebel what Elijah had done and instead of being full of confidence and courage in the Lord, he finds himself fearing and running for his life. People are wanting to take his life and so he runs away and he ends up under this tree being all depressed and he asks God if he could not rather die instead. I mean, perhaps he thought that what he just did with the prophets of Baal would bring some sort of revival amongst the people. But instead now his life's in danger. And rather than continuing to be faithful, he became fearful. And guys, that happens to us all the time. We get sad and depressed and full of despair when our expectations aren't being met. And it impacts our faith and our faithfulness. And that is because God might bring you to a place where you realize you cannot change your circumstances. Only He can do it. And when we don't make our expectations the the source of our joy, but God and His faithfulness the source of our joy, then we are able to avoid running away from our responsibilities like Elijah and remain steadfast and faithful to do what God has called us to do. I mean, it's like someone who had thought that their relationship with this other person is going to go a certain way. Maybe even end up in marriage or something. But then things don't work out the way they thought and they get sad and depressed about it. They start avoiding other people and they stop serving others in the church. They even stop coming to church. Instead of leaning on God's faithfulness, they find their lack of joy in their circumstances. Which is the real stuff we have to deal with every day. But because of the Spirit of God that is at work in the Christian's life, they can look at the disappointment and know and believe that even though things do not go according to their plan, they are going according to God's plan. Because the mark of a faithful Christian is someone that wants to be dependable and not just successful, and someone that understands that things don't always go according to our plans. But now thirdly, Someone that holds on to the promises of God's plan. Someone that holds on to the promises of God's plan. Even though things don't always go the way we expected, we can know for sure that God will still do what He said He will do. 
And therefore, a key mark of a faithful believer is someone that knows and holds on to the promises of God's faithfulness, especially in times of hardship and difficulty. In Hebrews, again, chapter 13, verse 5, God says, Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? Maybe the kind of promise that Elijah need to remember, right? That he was not alone. In fact, we see this when God would later come to Elijah. And as a good counselor, God helps him to evaluate why he is in this position. Why is he in fear, hiding for his life? Because then God speaks to him and encourages him. And now Elijah can focus on God and not on his circumstances. And church, we need to do the same. The faithful believer does the same. We need to go back to God's word and his promises and let him speak to us through his word so that we can put our focus back on him. 1 Kings 19.15, God says to Elijah, And the Lord said to him, Go! Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. In other words, God called Elijah back to being a faithful servant. To go and anoint Hazel to be king of Assyria. And Elijah did. Because it's God's word of truth that establishes us in the way of truth. Because God's word and His promises are an expression of His faithfulness and trustworthiness. Because the faithful believer trusts in the promises of God more than they trust in their situation. More than they trust in their feelings. Without understanding the faithfulness of God and holding on to His promises, our lives will fall apart. But this is the very truth that Jeremiah uses to encourage the nation of Israel in their time of captivity, saying what? Everyone should know this by heart. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations 3.21 The Spirit-empowered believer is someone that calls to mind the faithfulness of God. Which as a result brings us hope when we realize that His love is steadfast. It never stops coming to us. His mercies are new every single day. As faithful as the sun comes up, so does His mercies every single day because the faithfulness of God is so very great. But how great? So great that God is faithful to discipline us when we go astray. So great that He sympathizes with us in our weakness. Jesus was faithful to do what God wanted Him to do. And as a result, the author of Hebrews says, Hebrews 2.17, Therefore He had to be made like His brothers in every aspect, so that He might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Giving us confidence that in our moments of weakness, we can draw near to His throne of grace. 
Because God's faithfulness is so great that He promises to save those who realize they are unfaithful sinners who need saving. 1 Timothy 1.15, the saying is trustworthy. Another way of saying faithful, this is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. His faithfulness is so great that He promises to finish the job of making us more like Him. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. And His faithfulness is so great that He will help us to live faithfully for Him in our suffering. 1 Peter 4.19 Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to what? To a faithful Creator while doing good. See, all these promises in the Bible find their yes in Jesus. And that is why we see God's commitment to do what He said He will do in Jesus. He promised someone will come to deliver us from the power of sin. And He kept that promise when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and then later nailed to a cross. He promised someone will come to defeat death for us to take care of our greatest fear. And He kept that promise when Jesus rose from the dead. And what looked like a failure to everyone at that time, when this ordinary carpenter's son was nailed to the cross, was actually God displaying His faithfulness so that we can become faithful followers of Him. See, and the reality of God's faithfulness toward us in Christ has this dramatic effect on our attitude towards God's truth and our own faithfulness. Because the next mark of a, a faithful Christian is that he is someone that is loyal at all costs. Someone that is loyal at all costs. Looking at Jesus, we see that faithfulness is doing what is right no matter the cost. Jesus shows us what it means to be loyal, even if it will cost you everything. Philippians 2, 7-9 says that Jesus was faithful when He emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And the faithfulness and loyalty of Jesus has this radical effect on us as believers. In Revelation 2-3 we see there are people who are faithful witnesses of Jesus even to the point of death. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith even the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was killed among you where Satan dwells. As you look down in history, we have many examples of faithful believers who would not deny the authority and deity of Christ, the truth that is Christ, and they were faithful to Him even to the point of being killed and burned alive. And you must think, how is that possible? 
If you are about to be thrown in the fire for your faith, then how can you be faithful to Christ in a moment like that? Is it not through the power of the Holy Spirit that you are putting your whole weight down on Christ and what He has done for you, knowing and believing the promise that God is with you and for you, and that He is so for you that Jesus already took care of what happens next to you because He already suffered in your place. Spirit-empowered faithfulness enables you to be loyal to the truth of the gospel. And perhaps you might not be thrown into a literal fire for your faith, but you might be given opportunities to be loyal to the truth of the gospel, to be a faithful witness to your co-workers this week, your neighbors, your family, your friends. Will you be loyal to Christ in those moments? Will you talk about the goodness and steadfast love toward us in Christ? Because faithfulness is living for Christ in all the areas of our lives. In your purity. In your purity. Being loyal to Him with what you look at and what you think about. Being faithful to do what is pure and good no matter the cost ready to be thrown in the fire for the sake of doing what is right, even if that means I must tell someone about my unfaithfulness. To accept the consequences of my unfaithfulness. Believing and trusting the promise of 1 John 1 verse 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That if I confess my sins... And bring them to the foot of the cross. That I can have the assurance that God will not only forgive that sin, but He will make me clean because He is a faithful God. You see, a Christian that is quick to confess his sin is a Christian that understands the faithfulness of God. And is a Christian that is going to be loyal to Christ because they know how loyal He is to them. Romans eleven thirty six. After all this talk about the gospel of grace in Jesus Christ and the faithfulness of God, Paul says this. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. That is what the faithful, loyal, trustworthy, dependable Christian wants. He wants God to be glorified in everything He does. The way He faithfully speaks. And the way He confesses. The way He gives. The way He serves. The way He suffers. The way He does what He says He will do. All of this and the way He or she live their lives as a faithful witness to the truth of the gospel so that God can get all the glory. We know God is going to be faithful to us. He has already proved that and shown that in Christ. And because He is faithful, we can rest all our confidence on Him, knowing that our faithfulness is not in ourselves, but in Christ and what He has done for us. And because God is faithful, 
The believer is someone that displays faithfulness in his life by wanting to be dependable rather than wanting to be successful. By knowing that everything might not go according to our plans, but God is still busy with His plan. By holding on to the promises, knowing that He will get done what He said He will get done, and by being loyal at all costs in every area of our lives, because we know that being a faithful witness of Christ will be costly. And so when the proverb asked, but a faithful man who can find? Jesus steps in and answers, look at my church. Here they are. And dwelt with my spirit of faithfulness. With a mission to make my faithfulness and my glory and my salvation known to the ends of the earth. being gifted by God Himself to serve Him faithfully all of our days until He comes back. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You so much that You are a faithful God. It's staggering to think for one moment what it would be like if You were not faithful. Our minds struggle to comprehend how great You truly are. And so, Father, we see your faithfulness. We experience your faithfulness in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he came to do on our behalf. Even as we look back at our week and we, we recognize in the areas we were not faithful, we thank you that we are covered by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, as we look forward, as we look ahead, help us to be the faithful men and women who go out and proclaim the good news of the Lord Jesus, who go out to proclaim your faithfulness to a world that is so unfaithful. But Father, we ask that you would help us, help us to be faithful in the responsibilities you've given us. As husbands, as wives, as leaders, as children, as young adults, as teens, wherever you have us, Lord, help us to be faithful. And may that be a, a glorious testimony of your goodness and your mercy towards us in Jesus. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.